Well, we started a new sermon series last week entitled Overview. And, and uh, what we're trying to do in this series is to help us to understand how do Christians look at life? I may shouldn't say how do, how are they supposed to? How are we supposed to view life? And, and in particularly, what kinds of choices are we making? Really, really high level choices that then affect all of our other choices. Okay, so it's called overview because it's, it's big picture, trying to, to grasp this big picture view. But it's also used over, the word over, because every time we make a choice to, for something, we're not choosing something else, right? It's by default. And so we choose something over something else. And so what we want to get down to are what are those really big choices that guide us in our Christian life Choices that sometimes we have to make once and for all and then live out on a daily basis. And other times we've got to make this choice on a daily basis. And so what is it that we choose over this to, to see the world like Christians and to live like Christians? And last week we start off with you have to choose truth over feelings. Choose truth over feelings. Both truth and feelings, uh, very important. Both have a role to play in our lives. Uh, but we must choose truth over feelings. Because if we let our feelings decide what's true and how we're going to live, man, it'll mess us up every time. We've got to have truth. Remember we talked about having truth, driving the boat, okay, so that everything else will follow along. Now, just to give you an example of this, all right? If I want to go by my feelings, here's my feelings. This winter is never going to end. Right? It's kind of feel that way, right? The, the temperature's down again and a major, are they still predicting a lot of snow for Tuesday? Why did you tell me that? No. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, the whole feeling sinks, right? But, but, and so you could, you know, oh, get discouraged and depressed and down. It affects then what you do today and tomorrow. All that kind of stuff. Letting feelings drive. No, we need to let truth drive. And here's the truth. Spring is nine days away. Okay. Now, I could snow again after spring, but the point is, this is going to end, isn't it? It is going to end. It is going to get warm. In fact, I'm thinking, I'm considering the options, you know, on Tuesday of the big snow, I may just stay inside till it melts. I don't know. Right? That could work, huh? No? Anyway, so we choose truth over feelings. Very, very important. And so we have another really, really important choice to look at today. Um, let's talk about Tom Brady for a little bit. You know, they're saying one of the greatest quarterbacks that has ever played the game, and it would seem to me that that's true. He might not have every skill better than every other quarterback, but he has succeeded, hasn't he? He has success behind him to, to hold up that claim. And what we know about Tom Brady is that, that he is just really, really pays attention to everything that matters for him to succeed. He, he pays very close attention to what he eats, what he puts in his body, he has a very strict regimen that he follows, and he actually has hired, he has a personal chef that makes sure that's what he has to eat. He really focuses on his, his physical well-being, his training, so he focuses not just on strength, but on stretches and all this kind of stuff so he doesn't get injured, and he has hired someone to do that for him. And he's an avid student of the game. He spends hours watching film and, and looking at uh, uh, photographs of different sets and all this kind of stuff. So just to gain that one more little edge, right? Uh, and he, he practices hard 
They say nobody practices any harder than Tom Brady does. And, and then, of course, we know how he plays, right? He plays hard. And it's interesting to me, I just thought, that for them to win the Super Bowl like they did this last time, they had to put truth over feelings. Because if you went with feelings, you'd say what? But the truth was, and if, if you've even listened to any of the recordings of the players, they have recordings of them talking. The truth was, we can do this. We can't, if we just do this and this, we can do this. And they let that govern, okay? So, um, Tom Brady, a huge success, but I want you to think about this. When you hear about Tom Brady as a legacy in the dynasty, there's almost always you will hear another name associated with Tom Brady. And who that is? Coach Belichick, that's right. And you see pictures of them, two of them together. Bill Belichick is Tom Brady's coach. Now, the thing about a coach is a coach is in authority over the players. And, and we see that Tom Brady understands this and he accepts that Bill Belichick is an authority over the players. Because when you watch the, um, the, the interviews after the games, you know, sometimes coaches make decisions that people want to call into question. And, you know, and so they'd ask him, well, what do you think about when, when Coach Belichick did this or didn't do that or whatever? And Tom Brady, he just answers consistently, well, he's the coach and that's his decision to make. And he makes a decision and we go do what he tells us to do. He gets it. Bill Belichick is, when it comes to all things football, for him playing, Bill Belichick is his authority. And what has it produced? It's a huge success. Hard to, to even, I mean, it's just hard to compare to other things that are going on. And so this idea of authority, that means Bill Belichick, I'm sure, tells Tom, they have conversations, I'm sure, but at some point Bill says, well, do this. Sometimes Bill say, might, might say, well, you get to choose, but Bill still decides that authority. Now, there's something about human beings and authority. Now, let's take a little poll here today. How many of you would say, oh, yes, being under someone else's authority, that's what I really love. Oh, good for you. You've learned some things in your many years, right, Henry? Okay. We ought to understand it, but we don't understand it. It doesn't come natural to us. Because how do you say, yeah, I love it when there's somebody else who can tell me what to do or not tell me what to do. I love that stuff. Uh, no, we don't, do we? By nature, we do not necessarily like, you know, to be told. We just don't. Now think. So here's, here's a little kid. He's just learned to walk. And now that he walks, he can go anywhere, do anything. And you're going to experience this in about 14 months, Amanda. Okay? The little ones, the, the girl, right? They're just as bad as boys when they're toddlers. So here's this little girl. And she goes across the room. She's learned to walk. And there's a vase. And it, you really like this vase. You know, it's a family heirloom or whatever. And, and you don't put it up because your kids need to learn. Okay, so anyway, you put it there, kid heads over to the vase, and you say, oh, no, no, don't do that, you know, and you, 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 hold, you go and talk to him, say, no, there's no, move him away, right, and you, you, you turn and walk away, what's the little kid do? Right? Right back over, what, what's going on, you know, and you say, so no, you talk to him, no, no, you point, no, and your face gets serious, and your voice gets lower, no, and you move them, and, and you continue this process, and maybe, it may even get to the point where, you know, you have to go, Right? 
oh, they don't like that much and cry. Let's say they finally seem to get it. No, okay? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's that someday, it won't be long after that, you'll be in the room, they'll be in the room, and they'll see you, and they'll see the vase and go, hmm. Right over the vase, and they'll look at the vase, and they'll look at you, and look at the vase, and look at you, and when you finally make eye contact, they smile, and then they go. <laughs> now, now, why is that? It's because from the time we are born, actually from the time we're conceived, but it doesn't show up till we're born, we want to call the shots for our own lives. We want to be our own authority. And you understand that really at, at the, the bottom line of sin, that's what sin is about. It's I want to decide. I get to choose. I don't want anybody else to tell me what to do. And um, this will continue until you know, they're 18 years old and leave the home. I mean, you're going to continue to have these kinds of pushbacks in these situations. Um, and so I would say this, that I get it, it's natural. It is natural for us not to want authority over us. But let's think about that idea of natural, what's natural. You know, we go to the grocery store and we go shopping and they put labels on the food to try to, you know, make you feel better about what you're buying and it says all what? All natural, okay? All natural, right? That's cool. And I'm waiting until the Twinkies say, all natural, you know? <laughs> and so we get that's good, but, but we, here's something important to understand. Just because something is natural doesn't necessarily mean it's good. I'm not talking about food here. I'm talking about in life. Just because something comes natural to us doesn't make it a good thing in our lives. So let's, let's think of a few illustrations of how this works. Uh, let's, let's imagine um, a teenager, an older teenager, maybe even out of high school, but still, you know, very young adult, still living at home, still in mom and dad's house, and, and uh, mom just has this feeling about some of their kids' friends. And mom says to them, listen, I just, I just got a bad feeling about, you know, I'm, so please, I'm telling you, don't, I don't want you hanging around with that person or with those people, okay, just don't do that. And so this older teen, you know, has a decision and makes it very natural to do what? To say, what does she know? I'm gonna make my own decision here. And so behind mom's back, they hang out with this person or this teen and they spend time with them. And you know what happens is now, that's never a good thing to go behind your authority's back. But so they have, they've rejected this legitimate authority and are now exposing themselves to temptations and things they never would have been in front of had they followed mom's authority. And so maybe they end up getting involved in drinking or drugs or immorality or whatever kinds of things that are not good for them. And see what happened is this, they rejected the legitimate authority in their lives and when they did that, it put them in a position where their choices worked against them instead of for them. That make sense? Right. So let's imagine a young adult and whatever that is. Our culture's, young adults in our culture, right? 
Are we connected to this? We all, I'm kind of connected to this too, but our young adults just grew up with this, right? I mean, it just makes sense that it's part of who they are. They can probably do tricks with it. I don't know. But they, it's just part, you know, part of, the, my kids sit around the table having a great conversation with each other, but every now and then they're talking to somebody else too. You know, it's amazing. But so let's say this young adult gets a job with a small business owner who has to be old enough to have seen the dinosaurs, okay? Just not into this. And he says, you know, first day you're there hired, no cell phones on the job. You can't do, you, I want you to turn your phone off, put it away. While you're on the clock, no cell phone. And you better be on time to work. Because that's another thing, young adults think that's flexible. So, um, you think, okay, whatever. And then the more you think about it, that's not right. That's stupid. It's, okay, what does he know? It won't hurt anything if I look at my phone. And so at point, some point, you, how comes the phone? You take a look, and the boss sees you, and he says, that's it. You are fired, and you're fired on the spot. You show up 10 minutes late to work one day, thinking, what's the big deal? Fired on the spot. So what's happened? You have rejected legitimate authority because he has legitimate authority in the workplace there, doesn't he? It's his call. And, and because, you know, you reject that legitimate authority, it puts you in a place where you made choices that ended up working against you instead of for you. Now, maybe a more realistic scenario, same situation, is that same thing, no cell phones, be on time. And, but you say, ah, whatever, I can do it, you know, it doesn't matter. And so you look at your cell phone a little bit, and the boss sees you and goes, huh. And realizes, I, I can't trust this guy. He doesn't really care what I say, but he keeps you on. There's lots of little things he can have you do, and he does that, and you show up late a few times, and he goes, hmm. And so next thing you know, you know, you never get promoted, you never get a raise, and when it comes time, we, we need to downsize a little bit, we need to let some people go, guess who goes? You go, and you're like, I don't understand what happened. Well, what happened is you rejected a legitimate authority over you, and it set you up to make choices that worked against you instead of for you, and you didn't even realize it. So let's say a married couple, this time of year, doing their income taxes, and they're doing it, and they were you know, kind of excited, they thought they'd be getting some money back this year, and then they look and all of a sudden they realize that they had made some mistake, and oh no, we gotta pay a couple thousand dollars. Now that's bad news, right? And if, oh, they're looking, and then all of a sudden the husband says, wait a minute, if I don't you know, show this or do that, we can fudge this to where we don't got to pay. Because we can break the law and they make a decision to cheat on their taxes, to disobey this legitimate authority in their lives. And so they make this decision and it's possible that if that gets found out, they could have legal issues, they could have penalties to pay off. That's possible. Not real likely though, okay? What's much more likely, and I think even a bigger problem is this, is that they will do that, push the button, file it, and then get up walking away knowing they just cheated on their taxes, knowing they disobeyed the law, and they will carry that with them, and it will begin to affect how they see themselves, begin to affect how they view other situations. I mean, it's just a, what they've done by rejecting this legitimate authority of their lives, they put themselves in a position where they make choices that work against them instead of for them. So just because something you know, is natural doesn't necessarily mean it's good. In fact, it can work 
against us big time. Um, and there's just something about being told what you can do or not do that just so stirs us up. I remember, I think I was about 14 years old, and at this time in our culture, the, the pushback with me and my parents was how long my hair was. Anybody, how do you remember that time? You remember those times, right? And my hair, I want to wear it longer, and my dad said, no, you can't wear it longer. Anyway, we went on a big vacation, about two weeks, maybe three weeks, but up here into New England from Missouri and traveling around. And about the last day of vacation, I thought, you know what? We get home, I'm going to get my hair cut. You know, that, that'll make dad happy, and, I, and I'll be making this decision, and this is really cool. Later that day, my dad says, by the way, when we're getting home, you're cutting your hair. Do you think I said, ah, that's cool. You know, I was already planning to do that. No, what I do? What? Why? I don't need to decide, but what? Because I wasn't getting to decide. He was deciding. And so when that push comes to us, we have this thing that wells up in us. The Apostle Paul talked about this in Romans chapter 7 when he says this. He says, sin, taking opportunity by the commandment, produced in me all manner of evil desire. So the idea is this. When the commandment comes, do this, don't do this, what happens on the inside? Ooh, up comes this stuff that's not good. It just comes natural to us, but whatever, everything is natural is not necessarily good. So here we are. This is life. This is us. What do we do about it? Do we just grit our teeth and keep trying hard? You know, we might make it for a while like that, but eventually that's not going to work and we'll be exhausted and it's just not going to work. So what do we do? Well, let's Let's consider some, the choice that we need to make. And let's start in Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, page, uh, what page is it? 1150. Jesus here is getting ready to leave. His disciples behind. He's giving them a job to do. And actually, the, Pastor Duke Herget referenced this verse when he was here. But we get on to verse 18, and Jesus says, it says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. All authority. And then he goes on and says, Okay, because I have all authority, I'm telling you what to do. And then he tells them what to do. But I want you to think about this. All authority on heaven and earth. Huh. Any place else there are people? I guess we could say in hell. But the point is what? He has how much authority? That means he has the most authority of anybody, anywhere, anytime. He has it all. That means he is the final authority. He is the one who gets to call the shots because of that. In Romans chapter 14 and verse number 9, it says that Christ died and rose again for this very purpose. Go ahead and put that up if you would. He died and rose again for this very purpose, to be Lord both of the living and dead. This is why he came to be Lord, to have all authority, to have this role in our lives. And Philippians 2 says that someday everybody's going to get this. Right now they don't all get it. Right now they may say no to it, but there's coming a day when at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow 
Every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, okay? That, that is going to happen. So we have this idea of authority. We have this idea of bowing, which means submitting or surrendering to that authority. He is called Lord, which tells us he is Lord over all. And this means what Jesus says comes first. What Jesus says to do comes first. What Jesus says not to do comes first. It comes first over my plans. It comes first over my comfort. It comes first over my money. It comes first over my relationships. It comes first over my job. And we go on and on, right? He's Lord. And, and so here's, here's what I want you to get today if you get nothing else. Here's our choice. Choose Jesus over everything else. Every time you come to any place in life and there's a decision to be made, choose Jesus over everything else. And I don't think you need to really sweat this too much in the morning when you're choosing which socks to put on. But any significant decision, you know, any significant decision, choose Jesus over everything else. If, there's a, if there is a choice there between Jesus and everything else, choose Jesus. So choose him over everything else. Now, you might say, well, how does that now help? We've already talked about this problem that we struggle to be under authority and maybe we've learned how to deal with it, but it's still not something we like and it's frustrating. And you're telling me, hey, here's the solution. You got a bigger authority in your life. <laughs> you got more authority in your life maybe than you even really realized and thought about. How does that help you? Well, here's how it helps you. Have you ever had an authority in your life that wasn't very nice? You ever have authority in your life that really didn't care about you? Right? We have, haven't we? All of us. It could have been, sadly, a close family member. It could have been a boss, whoever. And um, here's the good news. The one who has all authority, Jesus, is always good. He's always good. He always cares about you. He always cares about me. And as he exercises his authority over in his life, he always has our best interests in mind. And so let's consider that. Let's look a little closer at that idea. Matthew chapter 11. A passage that you know a lot of us have probably looked at before and been encouraged by, but let's just re revisit it. Matthew chapter 11, Jesus is, you know, calling people to follow him and inviting them to come. He says, hey, those of you who feel the most worn out and difficult life, come follow me. And then here's what he says to them in verse 29. Take, take my yoke upon you. Okay, let's just stop right there. Take my yoke upon you. What's a yoke? Well, you can remember the vision of the animals, right? Whether it's, it's one animal or it's in a team of animals that, you know, that work the field. The yoke is what they put over their neck and over their shoulders and fasten underneath here and fasten the reins to by which they now control Jesus is saying to you and me, he says, take my yoke upon you. You give up control, you let me have control. You let me be the final authority in your life. Wow. Huh. That's going to be pretty hard, isn't it? Well, let's read on. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am 
gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. So, so Jesus is saying here that if, if you and I will take his yoke, if we will surrender control of our lives and say, hey, no, you come first before everything else. I choose you over everything else. He says, this is going to go, do good things for your soul. On the inside, this is going to be a good thing for you, a positive thing for you. Verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And sometimes when we're looking on that from the outside of that, we don't feel that way. Yeah, it looks like it's gonna be very hard. And, and then we think, well, gee, I, I hear about Christians who get tortured. <laughs> Christians get tortured, get killed. How is that yoke easy? How is that burden light? Well, let me just tell you, I, I haven't been there, and I'm glad I haven't been. But here's the testimony that people who have been tortured for their faith and gone through these things, them and people, close people who have watched and observed, here's their testimony, is that when that starts to happen in their lives, God just floods into them. They experience his grace at a level they have never experienced it. They experience that he is there with them and present, and it is such a reality, it's, it's just huge. And it changes them forever. And they come out of this and they would tell you, I don't want to do that again. But man, let me tell you about God. How real he was and is. And they found that in that situation, God made the burden light and the yoke easy. And so he is good. You can trust him in the exercise of his authority. I mean, think what he's already done for you. He's already given his life for you. He already bore the guilt for your sins, right? He's given you life, all these things. He is good. He says, so how does that help me then, right? So, all right, I still got my boss. Still got my parents, still got my husband, still got my wife. Because husbands and wives are both have times when they have authority to exercise in a relationship and still got the same government or whatever. How, you know, how does this help me? Well, here's the good news. And uh, let me, are you ready to hear this? Really, you need, to, you need to be ready to hear this. So think, okay, am I ready to hear this? Stop submitting to human authority. Right, Rich? Like, wait, 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 what do you mean? What do you mean? What are you talking about? What? I don't know about this, you know? I get that. Well, do you see there's an asterisk in front of it? So there is a, we do need to talk about this. Stop submitting to human authority. And here's, here's what I mean. Here's what I'm talking about. Didn't we already settle something? Choose Jesus over everything else. And so this authority that is over me is telling me to do such and such. Well, don't submit to them. I'm going to submit to Jesus. You see what I'm saying? I'm going to submit to Jesus. And when I submit to Jesus, Jesus says, okay, now look, I want you to go and I want you to submit to this authority at this time. I want you to do that. May there be reason, may not, but I want you to do this because I have things I want to accomplish in your life. I have things I want to accomplish in the world. This is part of what I'm doing. Trust me. 
He says, don't, but you're submitting to who, really? You're submitting to the Lord. I have a friend, uh, I mean, I haven't seen him for years, I shouldn't say, but I worked with him for a few years here when I first moved up, Boston Baptist College down in Milton Hyde Park every, uh, area. And we were working for a retired Air Force colonel, okay? And I think he still thought he was in the Air Force. And um, he, I mean, he was a good guy, and, and, you know, but man, he could sometimes seem so unreasonable. It would seem so unfair sometimes, and he, you know, just seemed harsh sometimes, and, and it was just hard, and I worked directly for him, and this, this other man worked directly for him, and worked for him longer than I had, and we were talking one day, and, and both of us trying to be careful. We weren't wanting to, you know, badmouth, but I was asking, how do you do it? How do you handle this? And how do you handle working for him? And he said, I don't work for him anymore. What do you mean you don't work for him anymore? I don't work for him. I work for the Lord. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3 here for just a minute. Colossians chapter 3. That's page 1355 in the Bible there in the chairs. Colossians chapter 3. Paul has given some real practical instructions about life. He says, because we're Christians and we ought to be, you know, if we could go through this, we'd say, hey, choose truth over feelings. We can see that here. And he says, choose Jesus over everything else. And then he comes down to this, verse 22. He says, bond servants. Bond servants technically would probably be what they would call a slave in this culture, but slaves in the Greek culture were not slaves like we think of in America, okay? It wasn't the same kind of thing. This bonds or this slave uh, correlates much more closely to like someone who's just someone else's employee, all right? So we're gonna think employees and when it says masters, we're gonna think employers, all right? So he says, bond servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. Let's stop, who's saying this? The Apostle Paul, who's behind the Apostle Paul in saying this? The Lord, this is a message to us from God. God who we're saying, we're choosing Jesus over all us. He is my final authority and he is saying, okay, obey in all things your masters, your employers according to the flesh. Then he says this, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart. Wait a minute, oh my. Can I just do this on the outside? No, he says what? Change your heart. Get a submissive heart to the Lord here. And towards your boss. But here's the key. But in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And as we have put him first, we're choosing Jesus over everything else. And then he says, and whatever you do, in your work, other things, whatever you do, do all heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Christ. Man, can this change what happens to you tomorrow when you get up and go to work? You got a new boss tomorrow if you think about this. You're not going to work for that human boss. You're going to work for Jesus. And he says, okay, here's your assignment. I want you underneath here doing this right now. I want you, I want you to let this change your heart. I want you to let this deepen your faith. I want to let, you to let this grow you from the inside out. It continues. 
but he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done and there is no partiality. He says, okay, if you want to reject this, Jesus, if you want to reject my authority and then, you know, reject it, just know it eventually is not going to work. You're going to crash and burn and don't think you're special and will escape it because you won't. And then he says, masters or employers, give your bondservants, your employees, what is just and fair, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. So, so he's saying, your, your authority here on earth is under God's authority and he or she answers to God and you say, uh, not my boss, not my dad, not my whoever. Oh yeah, they do. Think about this. The law of gravity. Do you have a choice whether to obey the law of gravity or not? You can try, right? The law of gravity is true whether you want to submit to it or not. And you can choose to cooperate with the law of gravity and take advantage of it and use it and, you know, or you can fight against it. I don't believe the law of gravity and you're going to get hurt really bad at some point. Well, that's the way it is with human authority. Every human authority, if it's legitimate authority, every human authority is under God's authority and they can cooperate with that or they cannot cooperate with it, but they ultimately are under his authority. Consider what Jesus said to Pilate, as Pilate is having a trial and theoretically holding Jesus' fate in his hands. John 19, he says, you could have no power at all against me unless it had been given you from above. Hmm. Is God over, is Jesus over all human authority? When he comes back to earth, one of the things that he's it's gonna say on his clothing, Revelation 19, he is king of kings and lord of lords. That means he is the ruler over all human rulers, over all human authority. Why don't you put that up if you would, that Revelation 19, verse 16. So he's ultimately authority and they ultimately will answer for him. And if he doesn't want you in that authority relationship anymore, he can pull you right out. He can remove that authority, he can give you a new direction, right? Not a problem. And I tell you what else this does. When you are under Jesus' authority, I choose Jesus over everything else. Then when you have illegitimate authority, and there's someone who really doesn't have the right to rule over you, someone or someone who does have the right to exercise authority over you but is doing wrong with it, you can say, no. I'm not gonna do that. So yeah, I'm, I'm under my boss's authority and I'm working for him and all of a sudden one day he says, listen, I want you to pull a little money out of there and I don't want you to get that, let that be counted. I wanna, right, I, I don't, he's asking you to cheat. And you can say, no. They should be respectful. And not, that's the whole thing we can walk out. But do you understand what I'm saying? You can say no. Why? What enables you to be able to say no to that earthly authority? It's because you have said yes to your heavenly authority. And that's huge. It, it, it's very, very freeing. And the, the apostles knew this in, in the book of Acts there when they're first out and preaching and they, the, the religious leader says, you can't do this. You have to stop this. Acts chapter five, they said this. We ought to obey God rather than men. Okay? And you and I can say that. You and I can do that. Put that up, would you please? Acts chapter five. We ought to obey God 
rather than men. And so when we choose Jesus over everything else and he is our final authority, man, it starts to change everything down here. Change the way we look at what's going on, changes what we do, how we respond. Let's consider those examples we talked about earlier. So now we have this older teen, like I said, maybe even out of high school, and mom is saying, oh man, I just got a bad feeling about this, 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 these particular kids or this kid. I really, I, I'm telling you, I do not want you hanging out with them. Don't do it. And this kid who, like all of us, right, but he's learned something. He said, I, I'm choosing Jesus over everything else. So you know what? Jesus has told me I should do what my mom says. And I don't know if she's right or not, but I'm going to do what she says. And he doesn't hang out with those people. So what happens? He avoided all of those things that could have brought great damage into his life. Now, because he's accepting legitimate authority over here, now his choices are working for him instead of against him. A scenario for the, the young adult who's working for this old guy that just doesn't have a clue about modern culture and he's saying you, you can't be on your cell phone and you gotta show up on time. And instead of going, you know, what does he know? I'm, I wanna do, instead of doing that, you say, you know what? I have chosen Jesus over everything else and, and he's told me I should serve this boss, not just outwardly, but I, I need to have a heart toward him. And he lets God change his heart and he works in this scenario. And what happens? You know what happens? The boss takes note. He's the only one of my employees who doesn't get out his cell phone. He's the only one of my employees that always shows up on time. I think I can trust this guy. And this guy gets raises and he gets maybe promotion and when he needs some time off to do something important, he gets it. Why? Because he has accepted legitimate authority and now his choices are working for him instead of against him. And, and that couple who's sitting there in front of the computer with the taxes and, and trying to decide what to do and they say, you know what, we, we have chosen Jesus over everything else. And he says we need to obey the law unless it's causing us to sin against him and this isn't causing us to sin against him. And so you know, we need to pay this. And they figure out how to pay it and I tell you what they do, they get up and they walk away free. Free on the inside. There's no cloud over them. There is nothing except this confident expectation that we have trusted God. And God will not waste their decision to trust Him. He will show Himself strong in their lives. So it really, really matters. And, and we have, this is God's design. He has designed us to function under authority. And when we cooperate with him in that, our choices will work for us instead of against us. And it's like this, when, before I get saved, I wanted to be commander in chief of me. You did too of you. When we receive Christ as savior, we got a new commander and we need to choose him every time over everything else. And here's the cool one more thing is that when you do that, I promise you, you will never ever regret that choice. 
Every time you, you reaffirm this choice, you will never, ever regret it, which you think might be hard. All of a sudden you discover that, wait, God is moving in in a new way. Jesus seems a whole lot more at home in my life and, and things are changing and it's, this is cool and oh, this, this authority is treating me rotten. You know what? They answer to Jesus, not to me. I answer the Lord and, and you're free and you live your life and you begin to experience the, the Holy Spirit in you and it's just, I kind of ran, or just, there's a lot to say, right? So let's trust God. Let's say, okay, God, I'm going to choose Jesus over everything else, and I'm going to let that then color and shape every other thing in my life, even the hard things like being under human authority. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word and that it is very, very practical about these kinds of things. I pray, Father, we will choose to trust you, that we will let your son be first in everything, over everything in our lives, and that we would grow in our understanding of how to live this out and walk through it every day. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Before I let you go, just know I understand that with sermons like this, that for some of you, this is just the beginning of a conversation that you need to have. Okay, it's like, all, and that's fine. We'd love to talk to you and, and don't worry about that. You keep walking it out with the Lord and let us help you. You'll get where you need to be. All right, you are dismissed.